Welcome along to Free to Play. It's a podcast about video games coming to you from inside the News Hub newsroom. And I am your host, Finn Hogan, and as always, joined by Mr. Jordan Tinney, Zeno J himself. Zeno J, thank you for yes. being with us. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. For a second there, Finn, I was like, does he remember how to present, how to introduce himself with this podcast? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's mm. It's been a while, guys. And I know... I know we haven't been with you in a fair amount of time, and I apologize mm. for our erratic schedule. I don't know if you've looked outside recently, but things are going on. Some stuff <laughs> happened approximately 85 to 90 days ago that sort of threw a spanner in the works of this here shindig that we've got going yeah. on. And yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't need to rehash the whole pandemic chat with you, team, but we're mm. just asking for a little bit of patience and uh, wait for us to get out back on our feet once this shit blows over, which hopefully it's going to do within the month. We'll have a few mm. more episodes for you before the end of the year. We're going to do some chat around the Game Awards. We will, of course, have our Games of the Year chat. Uh, but in the new year... It'll be a new us, buddy. 2022, mm. 2023. It's, we're getting through it. Uh, oh, I like that. That's a good line. You're welcome. You can keep that. Um, <laughs> but today I thought we would just have a little bit of catch up. Just reintroduce the people to us, Jordan mm. Tenney. You know, get them accustomed to us once more. Uh, a little inoculation of our chat, if you will. But Perfect. I think today uh, we should probably get started with the thing that I'm most excited to talk about because I'm the host and I get to stare this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, too. you go for you after tell the people the, what After it is. the information drought that we've had mm-hmm. for so very long, Elden Ring has actually been in the hands of some select few of us. And unfortunately, despite... Mm. My pleading to Bandai Namco, I was not one of the people that got invited to the network test, but I've done as much of a deep dive as I possibly can watching everyone else play for many, many, many hours. And I have to say, I love that despite the lack of information we had for so long, they were clearly crafting something that ticks Mm. every box for every Soulsborne fan. Well, not every, but Mm. this really does seem like it's the game that Miyazaki wanted to make for years and now has the money and the clout and the experience behind him to do it. And the comparisons are constant of, Mm. hey, it's Dark Souls meets Skyrim meets Breath of the Wild, which would be the perfect trifecta of gaming for me and I know for many others. Mm. I, I was worried heading into it that it was going to sacrifice a lot of the intricacy of the level design of Dark Souls by going open world. But from what I've seen and from what people are saying about it, they really haven't. They've managed to, it's a yes and sort of thing, not not an instead of. They've got the open world, that sense of exploration and that sense of discovery that you get from Skyrim and Breath of the Wild, along with the incredible grim dark aesthetic and art design of dark souls but those intricately designed puzzle box dungeons still exist Mm. uh, and they're peppered throughout the world but you can kind of come to them at your leisure instead of being forced into them from the get-go so Mm. i from that side of things incredible i i love the idea of mounted combat as well and I was very skeptical about how that was going to work but yeah. just watching it play it actually just adds an entire new level 
of intricacy to the already complicated combat mechanics, but it doesn't mm. look janky at all. And the ability to jump in and out of it basically just get, it's just like an extra bit of maneuver maneuverability in mm. combat, which kind of gives you a bit of that Sekiro feeling of in Sekiro, you could just grapple hook your way out of there and then come back at your at your leisure to fight. Mm. And this is sort of a similar thing of giving you a mount. If you need to get away in a burst of speed, you can, and then come back when you want to. But on top of that, you can actually do the entire battle on horseback if you so wish. Uh, so yeah, I basically I don't want to actually go on about it for too long because again I haven't. <laughs> oh, that's act- a lie. <laughs> I do. I want. I would spend half an hour talking about this, but mm. I the, the only concern I'd have from from the uh, from the the, the the gameplay that I've watched mm. so far is uh, it seems that it might be easier in a way. It, it might be easier to break the game. Like the going mm. open world and not forcing people down down tunnels and not having as many restraints around the way you can play. It seems like with the the jump mechanic, with the stealth mechanics, there might be a little bit more opportunity to cheese, particularly with the sort of fleshed out spell mechanics that they've got in this. Uh, anyone that's watched it will see that there is uh, interchangeable weapon arts, like weapon abilities for each of the weapons, and even yes. just from the things that I watched. It seemed pretty easy to put together a very powerful build that takes advantage of stealth, the ability to run away, the ability to mount up. And I'm not gatekeeping and being like, oh, Dark Souls should be super hard, and if this gets any easier, I won't love it. But when when the game does present you with very challenging situations and you have uh, many more crutches uh, and you're able to get out of it in far more ways than you were originally, I loved for example, in Sekiro, I think it's the purest example of it, Mm. the only way to get through a boss was to get better at fighting that boss in a very particular way. You had to play the game the way the game wanted you to play it. And there's a purity to that, where this seems to be going almost the completely opposite direction. And I also get the argument from purists who will be like, well, instead of having an easy mode, this is what the game does. It just gives you different ways to play it that do make it easier. But I feel Mm. like they've gone a few more steps in that direction, and I think that's actually great for people who might be skeptical of picking up a Soulsborne game from all the stuff that they've heard about it. But Mm. I just, maybe I'm really speaking just personally from my own sense of enjoyment, I worry if I'm given options to cheese, I will take them. I guess that's really what I've done, a meandering answer to settle on don't tempt me, Frodo. Don't give me, don't give me the ability to cheese a boss because I'll take it. But yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that's that's the Souls franchise in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. If you find that one way to do it, I remember I think it was Bloodborne's one. Where mm. is it? A dim one of the Dark Souls. It's where you can just fall off the tower just mm. doing a drop attack, and yes. it instantly kills the boss as yep. long as they're below you. Yes, 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 exactly, and. I, I I think with the, the, the new abilities, with the new traversal, with the mount, mm. etc., there will be an element of that. But I guess it's always been true. You can you can co-op uh, someone into your game to help you fight, and then that really just oh boy, crushes, I use that a that, lot. Just, that just crushes that just crushes <laughs> the difference. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, basically, I'm very excited. You know that I've spent a ungodly mm. amount of money on the um, the collector's edition, which looks beautiful. He did it, folks. I did it. We got him. We yeah, got him, folks. They, they they got the big one. So with the, the what's it, what's her name? Lady Mia something. Melina something. It's a, 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 yeah, another it's another berser- it's another berserk reference. It's basically another. Uh, uh, oh, is it? Yes. Oh, Miyazaki. How 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 wholesome. Uh, yeah. Just keep referencing that series. So 
I yeah, I've just started rereading Berserk actually, and I I am loving the constant riffs in Dark Souls. It's my two favorite things. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I mm. have been playing a lot of uh, Meta. Well, I've been I've been in the metaverse with me and Zach. Yeah. Uh, the Oculus Quest Two. It's my first sort of experience with the Quest Two, and I've been getting oh, into Resident Evil Four. And God, I was gonna say you've got Resident Evil VR, haven't you? Yes, and it's my first time. <laughs> really getting into a VR game and uh, it's really it's it's taking some getting used to uh, it's also my first mm. time with Resident Evil 4 which is fascinating because mm. I know it's such, oh. a, it's, it's such an iconic entry uh, into the I franchise. haven't played it either don't you worry I have not played Resident Evil we, we are sorry folks who are here at free to play mm. we we Trust us, we will play those games. Yeah, we'll just, we'll <laughs> we just, just play haven't more. Got <laughs> and then we're going to bring you hot commentary on Resident exactly. Evil 4. And it's going to be super yeah. current, and you won't be able to get it anywhere else. <laughs> anywhere <You> know, else. <laughs> what we bring you is really delayed takes, and we basically mm-hmm. agree with the consensus that these games are masterpieces. <laughs> it's just really, yeah, it's scorching stuff. Really worthwhile. Exactly. But that's why you're playing the VR one yeah. now, because, you know, you're getting this hot take about a, a very recent piece of software. If you guys haven't seen it, it is incredible. Yeah, it's um, it it, it it's very well put together. It's mm. uh, I, I do find that I have to take it in stages because I'm still not accustomed to the feeling of horror, even though it's more action horror mm. in virtual reality. It's extremely confronting. I well, they get up in your face. Don't it, well, they? exactly. It's 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 extremely mm. in your face. It's 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 similar. Actually, it's probably less scary, I find, than Resident yeah. Evil 7 uh, in VR on the PlayStation. But mm. that was a much more pure horror experience. This is more horror action. I find it like it's intense in a in a frantic, kinetic way. Not intense mm. like I literally might shit myself like in Biohazard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's also just a much cleaner experience. The Oculus Quest 2 is a much better design. Not, not better design, just more advanced. Mm. It's a cleaner piece of tech. Uh, where it's when you're playing on the yeah. place the first generation PlayStation VR, it's such a nightmare yeah. to set up. Uh, I think the big one is it's wireless, isn't it? Yeah, it's wireless, so it's literally just yeah. put it on and you're ready to go wherever you well, are. That, essentially, that is what I suspect most consumers and players would expect of the VR experience. That it is this wireless setup. And now, as soon as you put that headset on, you're in the world of Resident Evil 4. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. And it, it, it's that last barrier to entry that I yeah. think would have been putting off a lot of people. It, it put me off. Mm. When I borrowed uh, Daniel Rutledge's PlayStation VR, I played mm. it occasionally, but it was just so cumbersome to set up. And yeah. it was such a nightmare of cables. Uh, I think the Oculus Quest 2 represents that mm. extra step in removing the friction and removing the hassle for people to get engaged. Mm. I think the next stage beyond that is going to be when mm. PlayStation VR 2 will follow in its footsteps and bring that library. Uh, what it, that, yeah. I, I think it's going to, but what I'm trying to say is I guess the Quest 2 will be the model going forward uh, yeah. in terms of easy Agreed. access. I yeah. have also been playing The Room and that, which I don't know if you've ever played The Room. It's the uh, the puzzle game on Android and Apple mobile game. Fireproof Studios. It. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, it's a, one of the original yeah. puzzle sort of touchscreen games that... Oh, wow. I, I mean, it kind of it didn't fly out of the radar, but it was never a huge yeah. title, but it's quietly ticked along in the background and is, I think it's yeah. one of the most successful paid games across pretty much any app store. And they've just quietly oh, wow. been bringing out a new one every couple of years, but it's just the yeah. perfect example of... like. 
Five Nights at Freddy was the perfect example of what you can do with a touchscreen and very simple mechanics in terms of horror mm. uh, on yep. on a basic game. The room's a really great example of how great, if you get your touchscreen sensitivity right, how mm. a, the tactile feeling of solving a puzzle on a touchscreen is so yep. great. And the room is basically that. It's a vic- spooky Victorian aesthetic. You are at home in a hotel, a box shows up on your doorstep and then it's a huge intricately designed puzzle box and the game is you solving each layer of the puzzle box by hand and as it um, as it unlocks each layer deeper brings with it sort of an extra layer of eldritch creepiness and it's spooky it's not horror at all it's much more like a spooky aesthetic but in vr Oh, it is mwah, chef's kiss. I could not recommend enough. If you don't want that full horror experience, but you want something that's slightly eerie and yeah. very takes advantage of the fact uh, that you're in VR. So the feeling of solving puzzles in VR is one step beyond the feeling of solving them by touch on a touch screen because yeah. it adds that that layer of you know visceral tacti- tactility to it of... Mm opening a book and then thumbing through the pages when you pull a lever you really actually have to reach and pull down and start the machinery in action all that kind of stuff so basically if you want the action side of things very much recommend getting into Resident Evil 4 it is almost too intense occasionally if you want something that's a little Mm. bit more placid a little bit slower paced but still has that airiness very much recommend getting into the room but that's me that's my rant uh, John Teddy, what have <laughs> you been good. playing? I was just going to say my two thoughts from what you were just commenting on there, Finn. Where I'm sorry that the first thing I thought of when you said The Room was uh, the Tommy Wiseau film. I thought there was a game, and I thought that was very exciting. <laughs> I would love to run through a game where you just select the dialogue just to hear the likes of Oh Hi Mark again. Oh Hi Mark, yes. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would play that game. I think everyone would, and I think it's made for some yep. very confusing Google searches over time. But... Uh, <laughs> No, it is. It is not. It is not. Timey Wiseau's brings you the Eldritch room. Horror. Eldritch Horror. I mean, isn't that isn't it its own kind? Isn't he its own kind of Eldritch Horror? That man. There's <laughs> something unknowable and unscrutable about him. Maybe when Thulu comes back, that's what he actually is. Just that's, that's, that's what they are. Um, and my other thought was, I was thinking about like the um, haptic feedback um, with the the adaptive triggers on the the dual sense. Imagine those in a VR. Um, controller. Yeah. Um, you were talking about pulling the lever. Uh, if you felt that, that would be incredible. And it almost makes me want to say, Sony, keep working away at the PSVR too. Because A, if you get it wireless, amazing. B, if you get your triggers into the new move controllers, wow. That's a that, really good point. That, That's yeah. a really good point because the Quest yeah. ones don't are relatively based. They're very nicely designed and they're very ergonomic, mm. but there's no, well, yeah. at least to, that I've experienced, there isn't really any kind of feedback. Any feedback. But yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously yeah. it's tricky. Yeah. Uh, they, they could just be big. Con- the thing is, the move controllers do work well. They mm. might readjust them because I do believe the um, Oculus controllers are much better for realizing where your hand is and it gives you a few more gestures because yes, it actually yes, yes, so, yeah. fingers and whatnot. You, you can um, already so see they, that in the mm, in the place yeah. the design for the controllers either because there is some yeah. this sketch of what they look like. You can tell that they mm. have taken that and they will have a sensor that will show where your fingers and hands are in space. Fingers so, are, yeah. 
if they get the triggers in there, like that could give them such a great market advantage. Oh, absolutely. Um, and especially with their VR library, they, they have a pretty nice library. And a lot of people have PlayStations. So. <laughs> have you gotten to VR much? I have not. Uh, mostly, again, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. It was about it being cumbersome. You know, it's, it's, um, it, it, is that, it feels laborious to set it up, which is unfortunate because it is actually great. I've, I've played a few of the games on there. Um, I will always enjoy, just due to my love of Batman, uh, the sensation of the um, Batman uh, VR. Like that was, it was so simple, but so f- just hitting the piano key mm-hmm. to go into the Batcave, yeah, 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 very yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. I rate that a lot. Um, but I do remember with, I think it was Drive Club um, I played, just that, that weird disconnect where your brain is is receiving the visual commands from the eyes and it's going, we are moving so fast but we are not moving at all. How yeah, is this yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a weird disconnect to experience. But no, no, um, I, I think that's why I probably got excited when you were talking about the Oculus Quest 2 is, is if that wireless sensation, if it is just pick up and play, that's going to remove, like you said, so many barriers for people because they will want to play VR because it's simply just grab the headset, put it on, done. Yeah, it, it is. And I think... Obviously, price point is going to be a barrier to entry as well. It's like five fifty, six hundred. So it's an investment in a whole nother console uh, without yeah. the full console library behind it. But as yeah. that improves, um, and you can at some expense buy a car, uh, a cord which will allow you to connect mm. it to uh, your PC and start playing the Steam library as well. So that is oh, another. Wow. That's an advantage because. Yeah. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to hold on to my one, but if it's for a while before I have to send it back, I would yeah. very much like to invest in that so I can play uh, Alex because I have heard oh, extremely yes. good things about that in VR. Yeah. And I think it was Danny O'Dwyer was pointing out yeah. that the feeling of playing Alex uh, mm. is so incredible because you have a moment like being hunted by a monstrosity hiding in stealth and reaching to pick up a bottle and throw it and and physically having to go and grab that bottle, but then missing because it's so sensitive, reaching for the bottle and then accidentally knocking the bottle over and knowing that if the bottle smashes in front of you, the monster's going to spin around and attack you and kill you. And then going with your other hand to catch the bottle before it hits the ground, like having that entire process happen in virtual reality, something that you've seen happen in horror films a thousand times, someone accidentally knocking something and then having to go catch it before it hits the ground. Really having that experience uh, in a chase sequence is mwah. And... I yeah, so that that has me pumped uh, for Alex. So we'll see if I get a chance to uh, have some fun with that. I yeah, other other than that, there was nothing that immediately jumped out to me in the mm. VR library. So I think it's it, it's still just shy of enough of a value proposition. Personally, yeah. like if I mean, obviously it depends on your financial situation. But I if mm-hmm. if I wasn't being given this by Facebook to have a play around with, I mm. I probably wouldn't say it's worth the six hundred currently unless you're a massive yeah. enthusiast like if you're still on the fence but it, i think it would be a, a an investment that will pay off within a year or two so there is that yeah uh outside of the I vr mean, world john yeah. tinney what what have you been playing i do it's gonna finally happen Finn. Mm-hmm. i think i'm finally going to play skyrim 
You, well, oh, have you got the anniversary edition? I was about to say, there's the only other thing I, I, I can I, I was lucky enough, thanks to my friends at Bethesda ANZ, uh, that I got a code. Um, and I do, uh, for, for listeners out there, of course, I read Xenoj.com. I am um, debating uh, creating a piece because... I was a huge Oblivion fan. Like, I did 130, 140 hours in there. I got all of the DLC. I made all of the homes. I got all of the amazing Amber. Umbra is, like, my favorite sword of all time. Mm. Um, and then Skyrim came out, and I was just... I, I, th- I suspect... It was an, an anxiety thing because yeah, 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 I yeah, said yeah, to yeah. myself, if I spent a hundred and you know forty hours in Oblivion, how much am I going to spend in Skyrim? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely got a little bit shaky about that. But now that I have access to the anniversary edition, um, I think I'll step in. Hopefully, load times are pretty clean. And now with the power of the PS5, the you have it, folks. Our one for the one for the podcast. Um, but I yeah, I think I'm going to gonna dedicate myself to it <laughs> this time around you're finally doing skyrim <laughs> I I mean, it only took skyrim. you 10 years i yeah. <laughs> i would be really curious to hear mm. if so what your thoughts are if you do dive in yeah. about what it's like coming in blind because skyrim mm. probably more than any other widely acclaimed game has it, it, it's got nostalgia in real time somehow you know yeah. since people have never okay. stopped playing it and they keep updating it it's you, you simultaneously have rose-tinted nostalgia goggles it's really hard yeah. to draw the line between where the improvements end and nostalgia goggles begin i yeah i've got such enormous love for skyrim it's probably mm. the game i've played the most just in terms of hours sunk over very over different yeah. saves and it I've never experienced. I'm sure that there will be games that that do it better that I haven't uh, just dived into myself. But I've never played a game that gave me a sense of place better than Skyrim. The, in terms mm. of the world design, the weather, the location, I feel I feel the world of Skyrim is real in a way that I don't feel other game worlds are. And that's not because the uh, writing is amazing or the story is yeah. amazing, but the sensation of climbing a mountain in Skyrim and the music rising to meet you and then the snow blasting in your face and then cresting it and looking down uh, at a horizon and knowing you can explore anywhere in, that you can see. It, yeah. th- that sense of wonder, that sense of exploration, that sense of place, I... Is still unmatched, in my opinion. And again, wow. I would, yeah, I, I, that, that that feeling you get, you know, well, you, you're, yeah. you're a big fan of Oblivion, of the, the, the sewer moment, opening the grate at the end of the sewer, and then the lake is ahead of you. There's some ruins, and then the little marker comes up being like, all right, you're free. After all that claustrophobia, you now have that moment of the world has opened up in front of you. Uh, <laughs> it's yours now, it's yeah. Your, and that was just so amazing in Oblivion. I remember mm. losing my shit when I experienced that for the first time. Skyrim... Yeah. The Oblivion pays that off somewhat, but I think Skyrim yeah. maintains it the entire way through. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just excited for you. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and what about yourself? What have you been playing there? I, I mean, well, except the, the ones that I already mentioned, I have been diving yeah. into the anniversary edition. I recently finished Return of the Obra Dinn, which I have mm. talked about on the podcast before, but never actually got around to finishing. So I started it again. Oh. And Honestly, Luke, I know this is not controversial to say, but Lucas Pope is a genius. For for a game made by one man, mm. uh, Papers Please, I loved, but was a bit bleak, and so I never actually finished yeah. that one either. But Obra Dim, for anyone that doesn't know, Return of the Obra Dim, you play an insurance agent, I know, strap yourselves in, uh, called to a, a ship 
that disappeared in the late 1800s and has recently returned to harbour with no one on board. Uh, and you climb aboard, uh, handed a notebook, uh, like the, the, the crew logs and a few a, a bit of supporting documentation about the ship, and a pocket Ooh. watch, which allows you to relive the last moments of a person. And the, oh. the, the ship is strewn with corpses. And it's a puzzle game where you have to try and solve what happened to each individual person on the ship. It's got this really wow. stripped back art style, which is beautiful. Yeah. And just look it up. If I, 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 I won't do it justice to describe it well enough myself. Yeah. But it's an incredible puzzle game because it requires a lot of you and it makes you think in a way that I've never experienced in games before. So all yeah. you have are sketches of the crew, a list of names of people on the crew, and you've got to try and match them up. So you find a corpse, you open your pocket watch, and then you are just treated to maybe about 10 seconds, the last moments of that person's life. There's no motion in it. It's still. It's a still frame the yeah. moment they died, and you hear maybe the last 10 seconds leading up to it. And all of the clues are laying through that. But what I love about it is so many games are sort of speaking to the lowest common denominator of the audience, right? And I don't mean to say that mm. in a sneery way, but they're only as mm. smart as the dumbest person playing, you know? Uh, yeah. That's what always gets me about, like, when you're playing Batman, he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, but the puzzles are so basic. <laughs> um, whereas with Return of the Obra Dim, like, there are things like, I, I started, I had to learn parts of a ship and the, and the, yeah. the different things that ship um, uh, crew would have to do to try and solve some of these puzzles. So I'd find someone's body and they'd be on the top deck and I'd be like okay well the body was on the top deck that have to be a topman or an officer because only the topman would be up on the ship at this time and officers were allowed mm. on this so you have to learn what parts of the ship can different people be on at one time since you can hear it wow. you, you, you can tell by someone's accent oh he's got a Scottish accent okay well only so many people on the ship were from Scotland uh, maybe well this person's actually I can see they've got the same last name so this person's related to this person this person is a steward and uh, well that means they would generally be with this person so it's all these inference and circumstantial evidence and having to listen to people's accents and all those kind of things that come together to make a, a really unique uh, puzzle-based experience that's also yeah. laying together with everyone on this ship died somehow. And there's, an, <laughs> there's obviously an element of sort of creepiness to that. And I don't mm. want to ruin anything because there are a couple of reveals that happen in the game where you're like, oh, shit, okay, that's what happened. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say... Take it slowly as well because it's a game that by its nature has almost zero replay value because once you know, you know. Uh, yeah. So just take it a little bit at a time. I just solved because uh, every – well, what, what, another fun element of it is when you don't if, – if you try and say – so when you're matching a, a corpse's uh, mm. name and face together, it doesn't tell you that you're right immediately. Otherwise, you could just sort of brute force each puzzle. You have to solve yeah. them – in lots of three. So each time you get three fates correct, they lock into yeah. place and then it will reward you. So it's you can be sure oh, about well. one or two, but the third yeah. one you might be guessing. So you're slotting things around like, maybe it's this person, maybe it's this person. And there's this incredible feeling of, you go, maybe it's Henry. And you slot the name in and then it clicks. And then it goes, 
ding, and then a little thing appears, and it goes, <laughs> well done, three more fates yeah. correct. And that feeling, oh, honestly, I'm like Pavlov's dog. Like I am, it, it, it's just so entrenched into me. The rush of endorphins I got when that yeah, little that, I can, the ding. it rings in my sleep. The ding, yeah. correct, well done. Yeah. I'm like, oh well god, done. I did it. I little, a little orgasm deep in my brain. Mm. Uh, so yes, Return of the Oberdin. Uh, if you want a little puzzle game to play this weekend, uh, mm. Jordan Tinney, it's. It's it's a perfect weekend to play video games, and really I don't I, and I don't think um, I want to keep you too much longer because I, mm. both you and the people listening probably have better things to do than hear me talk about my intellectual orgasms. About oh please, puzzles. no, but what, we do want what, to talk what about should games. people what should what should people play this weekend yeah. on this? If you're not in Auckland, it might not be rainy, but yeah. it feels like the whole world's rainy currently. Yeah, yeah, true. What should they be playing? Honestly, you know what, folks? I'm going to say multiplayer games. I think multiplayer games have helped me through a lot of this lockdown. I've been um, playing a lot of PGA 2K21 with friends. Mm. We went into a Minecraft phase because we kind of just needed a break, just needed some peace, you know? Mm. Um, I am still enjoying Call of Duty Cold War, but that's mostly when I just need to do shooty, shooty, bang, bang. And listeners, you might be surprised to know, I just don't really care about Fortnite anymore. You do, well, well, welcome to. It took you a while to catch up, but you've arrived yeah. here with the rest of us. Uh, yeah, fucks. yeah, I've got enough the best. I might go back and buy because they're doing cheeky things like um, coming to your house and reveal. demanding that you get back in. Yeah. No, they've got more commercial properties on the way. So the Naruto skin finally got confirmed. That apparently was data mined a while back. Um, but oh, Boba Fett's going to turn up in the game soon. But at the same time, it's just. Um, Look, I've enjoyed the way you've always put it, Finn, that it's this content machine. And and now I'm asking myself, I'm like, have they run out of content? Have they run out of ways to to churn that? So I, I find that uh, proposition quite interesting. And I, I'll keep an eye on it. Um, but as for how much time it used to take up, it, yeah, it, it does not anymore. Interesting. I think one of these days in the new year, we'll, mm. let's do an episode where just called what is fortnite and what from, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from from assuming a, a base knowledge of mm. nothing try and explain mm. what fortnite is to someone maybe we should get someone Heck else in the yes. studio that's never played uh fortnite in their lives and see yeah. if they can understand a, a one to two minute explanation what is fortnite what yes. what, what is it what what the yeah. fuck is it and what will it be what, uh yeah but you know uh well jordan tenney it's, it's been mm. a pleasure to speak with you about video games again, but I think that'll be a nice little sample platter for people to ease them back into hearing our voices. Mm-hmm. And It has been a treat. It's been a treat. And there's I know this was a little bit unformed, a little bit all over the place, people, but basically mm. this podcast was just for us this episode <laughs> i messaged drawn a while Thank ago and listeners. i was like i just need to talk about video games i need i, I i've been in, uh, inside by myself and my partner can't <laughs> listen to my <laughs> thoughts anymore so i i get that this she is an incre- only hear so much about me as yeah so I, this was quite a self-indulgent mm. two boys smelling their own farts about podcasts yeah. i promise yeah next episode will be a little bit more formal we'll hopefully get our video component back online and mm. we will get our great guests back and we'll have a more a, a more fulsome professional episode yeah. uh, than just two dudes talking about games because God knows there's enough of those out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't agree more. Um, Jordan Tenney, can you do me a favor? Mm. Yes. Have a wonderful weekend and play some games for me. 
No, you have to do me a favor and go do the same thing. Oh, look at us, aren't we cute? Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, folks. If you've made it to this end, I'm 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 impressed with you, to be honest. Uh, uh, have a wonderful weekend. Look after yourselves, and we will be back with you before the game awards, or potentially just slightly afterwards, because. There are at least double-digit reveals coming, according to Mr. Jeff Keighley, and if one of them's not Silent Hill, I'm just going to massacre everyone in the office, and I'm going to record that live as a podcast episode. So, hey. And he doesn't mean that, folks. It's just a funny gag. He loves Kojima so much. Nope. It's not a gag. I'm going to kill everyone I work with. And... That will be a really, really bit of hot content. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's falling down by the video game version. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening, folks. Look after yourselves. Thank you, Mr. Jordan Tinney. We'll be back mm, with you, you in a few weeks. <laughs>